MP, it's our final event of the year. Oh, it's all a bit sad, Bretto, but after four big events for 2018, we are going out with a bang with one more wellness base camp, and the location for this one is regional Victoria, the great town of Bendigo awaits. Oh, and how's this for a lineup, MP? Bendigo will be rocking with the rock star of wellness, Damien Christoph. The art of self-love angel herself, Kim Morrison, hits the stage. As will the natural nutritionist, Steph Lowe. And I'll tell you what, Steph's presentation at the summit on fasting was a showstopper. You'll be there, Bretto. I'll be there too. And Wendy Stewart from Wendy's Way will be there to share her inspirational story, which really did go off at the Wellness Summit earlier this year. It's Saturday, October 27 at the beautiful All Seasons Resort Hotel in Bendigo and tickets are selling fast. Two for one tickets for this one day of inspiration, information and empowerment are available at thewellnessbasecamp.com. That's right, folks. Get your two for one tickets at thewellnessbasecamp.com before they run out and then the price goes up. Finish your year of wellness in style at the Wellness Base Camp in Bendigo, Saturday, October 27. Tickets at thewellnessbasecamp.com. Bretto, the wellness world can get a bit confusing at times, particularly when it comes to protein powder. Sure can, MP. Some protein powders have nasty fillers, artificial sweeteners, flavours, and not to mention a poor source of protein. This is what sets True Protein apart from the rest. It's true, MP. True Protein has no gimmicks, no false promises, no nasty fillers, no artificial sweeteners or flavours, and a total honesty policy that ensures every ingredient list is transparent and pure. Not to mention, True Protein is absolutely delicious, GMO-free and grass-fed. True Protein is the premier choice of world-class athletes, sporting teams and wellness enthusiasts all around the world. And for listeners of The Wellness Guys, you can get an awesome 10% off your True Protein order when you use the code WELLNESS10. Just go to trueprotein.com.au and enter the discount code WELLNESS10 for 10% off. Surely that's too good to be true, Bretto. It's the truth, MP. Wellness Guys listeners get 10% off your True Protein order when you use the discount code WELLNESS10 at trueprotein.com.au. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Damien Christoph and Dr. Brett Hill. Hey Brett, this episode is brought to you by Forage. Forage. Love my Forage cereal, Damo. My Forage Paleo with uh, such a great way to start the day. I make my little homemade almond meal, uh, almond milk, I should say. I put some uh, strawberries on it. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I love forage. Um, I created it with your health in mind, and obviously I created paleo because you told me to. And uh, <laughs> so thank you so much for that. But this episode is brought to you by Forage. It's a great tasting, incredibly healthy, no added nasty muesli range that uh, I created to help you stay well. So if you want to see more about it, go to www.foragecereal.com. Hi, this is Damien. And this is Brett. Hey, Brett, eh? Yes, mate. It's you and me today. We have a little chat about fasting. So good. People have been begging us to have a chat, just you and me, don't they? They love it. I know. I know. I love it too. And I've got to share something with you. Um, I went to the Innate Summit the other day, which was quite cool. Um, interesting. Yeah. Uh, challenging, mentally challenging, um, spiritually and, and um, philosophically challenging as well. Awesome. So um, I think we all grow from challenge, and that's what we talk about today in fasting. Um 
But guess what? I had a bloke come up to me and he said, oh, oh, can I get a photo with you? And I said, oh, yeah, no worries, mate. Get in line. Everyone Rock else star. Yeah, Rock star. Everyone yeah. else is getting, you know, in, get in that line over there. Happens all the time. Yeah. If you want a signature as well, there'll be an extra 20 bucks. Yeah, I'll yeah. sign your chest for you, mate. No worries. And uh, he, uh, he said, um, Damo, I've got to thank you. And I said, okay, tell me a bit more about this. And so we took the photo and he said, I'm going to send it to my wife um, because it's because of the wellness guys that I married this girl. Wow. Like, really? Wow. He goes, yeah. That's She's true. a German girl. That's amazing. She, this guy's a chiropractor. He married a German lady and um, he met her in a bar. And uh, she, the, you know, they got talking and she said, what do you do? He said, I'm a chiropractor. And she said, oh, I listened to three chiropractors called the wellness guys. Um, and he said, really? You know, I know those guys, blah, blah, blah. And... And she knew more about him being a chiropractor because she listened to the wellness guys than he thought that he knew about him being a chiropractor. And so he said it was just a natural progression. We hit it off on the first day. She loved all the things that you guys spoke about in the wellness guys, and that's what I did in my chiropractic practice. And now we're married. That's awesome. Oh, I love that, Damo. <laughs> Can you believe it's, that? It's not the first one to happen as a result of the wellness guys, Damo. There's oh. been... Uh, Relationships started. Yes. Um, yes, there yeah. definitely have been. So that's great. I love that. What a lovely story. Isn't it? Well great? done, Damo. Isn't that great? So I wanted to share that with our listeners. We'd love to get your stories. Like, we'd love to tell us if you've got stories like that, if you met your partner because of the wellness guys, or. Um, I'd have to get him on, Damo. I'd have oh. to get him on. Well, his name's Human. Well, so, uh, Herman. Herman? Human? Schumann? There we go. Herman. Or maybe, maybe if you're single you and into wellness, you can him. contact us. Yeah, it rings a bell, actually. He's from Sydney. He's a Sydney chiropractor. Yeah, I reckon. But maybe, maybe Damo, if you're single and you're into wellness, you can contact the wellness guys. We'll have like a live episode <laughs> dating show. How would that be? Maybe we could. We'll call it Swipe Right. <laughs> or do you swipe left? I don't know what you do. I don't know. Swipe I don't know. wellness? Swipe wellness. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Anyway, let's get talk, uh, stuck into this chat about fasting because um, it's a good chat. And I think, you know, you and I have got really different perspectives on it yeah. and really healthy perspectives on it too. Hi, this is Damien Christoph. And this is Brett Hill. Brett Hill. What is going on in Adelaide when Port Adelaide loses the showdown? Oh, it's, let's not talk about it, Damien. I don't want to talk about it. Have you Move gone, on. Did you go into a state of fasting? Move on. I didn't. You I should. didn't. I think you should. I might. Something's going to change. Far out. I did fast the day after, though. That was totally <laughs> incidental. Nothing, not related. Really? But I did. Yeah. It's a big subject, isn't it? Fasting. A lot of people talk about it and go, oh, you know, I'm fasting, and there's lots of different ways in which people can do it. And so we've got 5 yeah. 2, which is, of course, Michael Mosley's thing. There's yeah. 16 8. Um, yes. That. And then there's, you know, many other different, you know, Approaches there's intermittent fasting. There's yeah. there's people doing long fasts. There seems to be more and more people at the moment doing lengthy fasts, like talking like four days, five days, twenty one days, thirty days. <laughs> crazy. It's like a crazy. It feels like a, like a some kind of you know I'm I'm tougher than you. I can go longer. That kind of yeah. thing. But it's interesting, isn't it? And this is a podcast that um, is just you and I today. So there's no special guest. It's Brett and Damo coming at you. You're the special guest, Damo. Well, we're both special guests. You're the special guest. You're always special, Damo. Well, pretty much much what happens here is I talk about it and you do it. That's what happens. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like that ice cold. Well, I do like – I am fascinated by fasting and I do like fasting. I actually think 
for me personally, I think fasting does actually work quite well. Mm -hmm. um, but I've always been reluctant to talk about it because I'm just very cognizant of the fact that fasting, I think when done well, can be really good. Yes. And I think when done poorly, it oh, can be really bad. 100%. And I think a lot of people do it poorly, yeah. uh, whether that's because they're doing it for the wrong reasons or whether it's they're doing it, they're not doing it effectively. Uh, I think both of those can be quite dangerous when it comes to fasting. Oh, what's your perspective, Sam? You said you've never done a fast. So what's your thinking around fasting? No, look, I have done fast. I haven't, I haven't done – like I've done juice fast and I've done vegetable fast and I've done, you know, all those sorts of things. And particularly as a I'm fascinated by this. I'm fascinated by this because like, why do they call it a juice fast? Because <laughs> it's like you're not fasting. No. You're actually like eating juice. Like you're having juice. So – is it really a fast? Well, it kind of is because it's actually still quite challenging on the body. You know, you are getting enough fuel to keep yourself going, but you're actually deficient in macronutrients. So um, your macronutrient ratio is a way out that's going to create some kind of chemical change. Um, it's lighter on your digestion in many cases. So, you know, that's, of course, hugely beneficial um, in, in that respect. Um, so it is still a fast of sorts, but it's probably not fast in the strictest, stricter sense, like where you might do a water fast or, you know, a lemon juice detox or the grape juice fast or whatever else is, you know, kind or of broth happened. fast. That seems to be popular at the moment. People are just doing just broth, nothing else. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, again, that's quite interesting too, because that will create, um, challenge, uh, within the body, which I suppose ultimately um, ends in some level of detoxification, which appears to be one of the reasons why people will be doing a, a, a fast of sorts is because you'll detoxify the body, I suppose, more efficiently. Now, we detoxify all the time, like every single cell within the body is detoxifying 24-7, seven days a week, doesn't take Christmas off. It's still doing it all the time, and it does it with you know various... Um, interactions from not only a genetic uh, perspective but an environmental perspective and it's, so it's always cranking away we're always detoxing but there's a perception that there's a residual amount of toxicity that our body doesn't clear off and so the idea around detoxification is to is to lighten the load so that the body can just you know go and clean things out better and so people generally feel better so this is often the case when people move from say a heavy meat diet to a heavy plant-based diet or a heavy plant-based diet into eating more um, protein-rich foods. So they, the body's enabled somewhat to be able to detoxify and fasting kind of resets the metabolism to some extent. So you're starving the body or restricting the body of calories and so it then has to eat into what it's stored or it runs or burns more efficiently. Um, I suppose whichever way you look at it, it's challenging the body and we know through stress that our body grows and adapts and gets better and so this is and to some extent a stressful thing to do to your body and that's that's what you're doing and fasting is putting the body into an element of stress and it's interesting when you talk about it like that Damo, because a lot of the people i've read about who talk about it talk about it in terms of giving your body a rest you know yeah. and so so their idea around it is that well by not eating you're actually giving particularly your digestive system a little bit of a rest so a yeah. chance to sort of catch up and to rest and recover, particularly if it's been stressed out, if it's been inflamed, if it's been irritated, then maybe just giving it a little bit of a rest from having to digest all the time um, might actually be good for your digestive system. And the other thing that a lot of people are talking about, which is, I guess, one of the other benefits of fasting is they're talking about getting themselves into ketosis. They're talking about becoming more efficient fat burners. 
Um, and obviously, you know, having the, the body burn the stored fat as opposed to fat you're necessarily eating. Um, and so, you know, detoxifying in that way, releasing some of those um, toxins that have stored up in those fat cells, because you know that your body does tend to store toxins in those fat cells. Mm. And, and so releasing toxicity in that way as well, mm. which I guess is a slightly different take on the, the detoxification idea as well. Well, it's true, but I think if we become reductionists about it, um, and we could easily become reductionists about you know this sort of thing, because we go, well, what's the impact of fasting? Well, we can look at the the beneficial impacts of fasting in that it does rest the gastrointestinal system, so the microbiome has an opportunity to flourish and to, I suppose, gather its thoughts before it it, it takes on the next level of insult from food. Um, so we, we know there's benefit to the microbiome uh, and those people who do fast uh, actually have a healthy microbiome. So we know that. Um, in other words, those people who eat less actually have a healthy microbiome and those people who have a greater diversity in plant-based foods in their diet actually have a healthier microbiome as well. So, you know, you could be going um, down a pathway of ketosis and mm. yes, that will be stimulating an efficient fuel burn but the impact on the microbiome, which we're all starting to understand is absolutely imperative to um, a healthy life um, and a healthy body, yeah, the impact on the microbiome is, is quite significant. And so what we're actually seeing now and the work that Margie Smith's doing with Smart DNA and, and Smart Gut is measuring the impact of different diets on the microbiome and she's seeing and saying that a diet rich in fat and a diet rich in meat or protein actually is it, it it yields a less healthy microbiome in terms of the gastrointestinal microbiome than the diet rich in plant-based foods so that's very very interesting it doesn't mean that you've got to be vegan it doesn't mean you shouldn't do keto but it's a really important thing to consider that if we look at keto and go oh you'll be a really efficient fuel burner that's great that's just one thing but the downstream consequences of that could be that you end up having a less healthy gut now the impact of that could in fact be like a million different things i suppose it could mm. be it could be nothing but it could be downstream consequences associated associated with autoimmune disease which in many cases is one of the things that people are actually trying to stay away from or it could be chronic disease like heart disease diabetes or even cancer um, which is what we're starting to see with some of the bacteria that would die off as a result of a high fat diet the, like one of the best ways to kill off the microbiome is to eat too much fat and so if you are eating too much fat and your microbiome actually does die off, then you may in fact be encouraging bacteria to grow that are actually uh, linked to the formation of certain types of gastrointestinal cancers. So we go, you know, should we be reductionist about this or should we be, you know, holistic? And from a chiropractic perspective, Bredo, should we be considering innate intelligence in this regard um, as to a, a, an intelligent driver of the way in which the body should be working? Yeah, well, and I think the intelligent driver of the way the body should be working, and I think what we're starting to see is that your microbiome adapts to whatever diet it is that you're eating. And so if you're eating a higher fat, more ketotic diet, then you're going to tend to have a microbiome that is more efficient at processing a higher fat, you know, uh, ketotic sort of diet. You know, if you're eating a more of a plant-based vegan diet, then you're going to have a microbiome that's more efficient at digesting that sort of food. And, and I guess what perhaps Margie is suggesting is that they're suggesting that the ideal is to have a microbiome that's great at digesting all of those different things. And uh, But I imagine, you know, if you think back sort of historically that, you know, different societies in different locations did have a greater prevalence in one or the other direction in terms of what they ate on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, they didn't necessarily have this massive variety of food that we're talking about. 
you know, some of them were, were really very limited. You know, if you look at, uh, you know, Papua New Guineans, some of them, their tribes were like 80% sweet potatoes. You know, look at Inuits, they were predominantly meat and fat, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum. And I imagine that their microbiomes adapted to be very good at doing those particular things, not necessarily good at digesting everything. And so the question I reckon that comes from that is, well, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, maybe that's okay that you just get very good at digesting what it is that you're good at digesting. Well, they are very good questions, Bretto. And, uh, and I'm loving this because we're, we're almost uh, in a boxing ring here because you're in the blue corner, I'm in the red corner. Actually, I'll be in the blue corner, you can be in the red corner. Um, <laughs> the reason why I say that is because we need to go back to the question of why. We've got to ask ourselves, okay, why are we trying to do this? And so many times people say, because oh, I want to feel better. Well, that would be an appropriate response. Other people might say, I want to live longer. Um, and if that's the if that's the answer to the question of why, then we want to explore. Because if you look at the Papua New Guineans, I don't think their longevity is as good as the Greeks, Italians, um, the Okinawans, the Costa Ricans, or the Loma Lindans. You know what I mean? So we're going we're to consider those cultures that are doing very, very well from an aging perspective. And even when you look at those cultures from a disease perspective, they have virtually no disease going on in their in their world. You know, they do have a little bit of cancer and they do have a little bit of heart disease, but nothing to the extent that um, some of the other cultures um, that we're investigating, exploring have. The other thing is too that when we look at historical data and we look at um, ancient diets, um, if we look at, and I'll just I'm just going to say this, not because I disagree or, or um, or agree with this style of eating but if we look at paleo when we look at um, how long people lived for while they were doing the paleo diet there's no evidence that suggests that people lived beyond 85 years or 100 years old so the question's got to come back to why are we trying to change it and what are we trying to get out of our changes does that make sense yeah absolutely yeah and i, I think for me it comes down to quality yeah i'm not, I'm not necessarily fussed about quantity although i would love to live to 130 and i still think i will Uh, but for me it's about quality of life and i reckon i don't know i always i get nervous sometimes when people talk about i'm just going to eat what makes me feel good because (laughs) sometimes that can be a bit of a short-term perspective do you know what i mean like it's like what makes you feel good in the short term isn't always what makes you healthy in the long term you know we look at it from chiropractic and we say well you know sometimes after people's first adjustment they might get a little bit sore and so if they were going to just do what makes them feel like, well, I'm not going to get chiropractic anymore because I felt sore after my adjustment. Yeah. You know, but but we know that the long-term ramifications of that is that they function better. Yeah. And ultimately, whilst that might mean in the first few weeks, even the first few months, they might have to deal with some health challenges as their body starts to thrive and maybe deal with stuff that it hasn't dealt with for a long time. Agreed. That ultimately, in the long run, their body is actually functioning better because it's dealing with that stuff. You know, so. It's always interesting that, you know, just do what feels good. But tell us, Damo, about your experience with fasting. Now, tell us about your juice fast. What did you do? How long did you do it for? And what was your experience? So I did a 14-day juice fast, um, and it was a vegetable yeah. juice fast. So it's relatively long, bloody boring, and you get sick of, um, <laughs> you know, you get sick of just doing the same old juices. But um, this is back in the days when I was studying to be an naturopath. So it's quite some time ago before fasting was one of those things that, um, you can, in fact, I think we used to call it a juice detox. Like it actually wasn't called a juice fast. It was just that a makes juice more detox. sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was probably a juice detox back then. Um, and you're basically just having three or four 500 mil glasses of, you know, expressed juice from from vegetables and, and yeah, greenies. Yeah, green juices, and they, they, you know, they can be gross. Um, but you know, add a carrot to it, or you add a little bit of um, 
uh, apple to it or pear or some of that, just like a quarter or a half of one of those things. And, and you, you can sweeten it up enough to be palatable. But I was doing those. And the intention behind that was at the time was to try and um, understand what the effect of that was on my body. So, was, you know, I did do some other detoxes and um, and little mini fasts, like a two or three day uh, fast. I think I did the I did do the lemon juice one. I did do that um, probably back in the late 1990s. I would have done that. So I, I played with all of those sorts of things, and it was it was interesting to see. And I think as the understanding of the human body and its in, and those stressful events. Um, the impact of it on the body um, is is better understood. We can kind of go, well, we can flip it and go, well, it wasn't really stress; it was actually giving the body a break. The it was it's probably giving the gastrointestinal system a break, but it causes stress within the body at large. And so, in order for the body to continue to get stronger and to grow and to um, and, and to thrive in this environment, it has to go through and undergo stress. Um, so there's nothing wrong with stress. Uh, it's just that perpetual and persistent stress becomes a problem. So I think it's okay that we use the word stress. We've got to demystify the word stress around, you know, is a fast stressful in the body? Well, the reality is yes, it is, because it, it puts us into a state of calorie restriction, which then results in the body burning fuels that it's stored or liberating um, triglyceride from the fat cells, which becomes a, a fuel source. So, and that can only occur as a result of a trigger. And that trigger in this case is a reduction in calories, which is a stress on the body. Uh, and then when you're liberating these um, triglycerides into the bloodstream and you're liberating toxins back into the bloodstream, of course that's stressful on the body because those toxins were packed away in the fat cells um, originally to protect them from your or, or protect your organs from those toxins. And so now they're circulating around. So you are in essence going through a detox when you are fasting. So it is a stressful thing to do to the body. However, we do rest our microbiome. So there's different perspectives on it. And we've got to be okay with the fact that our body might go through stress. It's not all peace, love, and mung beans. It's not all meditation states. Um, there's, there's definitely challenges within our body that our body can cope with and needs to. So, Damo, do you know how many calories you're having each day? And how hungry were you? Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't that hungry from memory. Um, but I don't get hungry generally anyway, Bredo. So for me, um, the, I can, I can go for eight or nine or 10 hours through the day without food. I, I could actually probably go a whole day without food. My tummy would be rumbling. If I'm drinking enough water, I, I feel totally fine. I'm pretty efficient. Um, and there's other people like my wife, Amber, for example, if she goes for four hours without food, she would kill me. She would literally kill me. And, uh, and so I, I can never let that sort of thing happen. She gets really upset and really grumpy with me. And so her body's not really doesn't cope well with low fuel environments. Um, that's, but, so, that's so interesting because that mirrors our household very well. So, you know, <laughs> my me. experience, well, my experience with fasting, you know, I guess because I'd sort of come from a younger age from probably what was quite a high carbohydrate diet and, and probably a, a not a healthy high carbohydrate diet, um, that, you know, as I sort of changed my diet and started going more paleo, I was definitely conscious of having less carbs in my diet and focusing a bit more on the healthy fats and proteins. And it just worked really well for me, you know. So I've always liked that sort of thinking and that approach, which has meant that whenever I've thought about doing fasting, I've, it, going towards like a juice fast that was like a more of a higher carbohydrate uh, fast never kind of made sense to me. So my experience of fasting was from the first thing I ever did was uh, a 24-hour fast uh, just because I'd read this uh, this ebook uh, that was from um, 
oh, Precision Nutrition, I think it was. It was really good. And this guy had written this little ebook, and he'd tried out all these different fasts from, you know, like we said before, 16-8. So not eating for 16 hours, eating within an eight-hour window. He'd done the five and two. He'd done a 24-hour fast. He tried all the different ones and spoke about his perspective on it. And one of the things he said about a 24-hour fast was he said, you know, the great thing about a 24-hour fast is you just learn a lot about your body. You know, and so he said that, well, you'll find out what those messages that you're getting back to your brain actually mean. Um, so, you know, sometimes, you know, I found when I did my 24-hour fast, it got to certain times of the day and my body told my brain that I was hungry. And so it would be like breakfast time. I'd be like, oh, I'm hungry. But then I didn't eat. And so half an hour later, I'd totally forgotten about it and I wasn't actually hungry at all. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, my body was just conditioned to eat at a certain time of day. It wasn't actually that I was hungry. It was just purely habit, you know. And then other times of day when I felt maybe a little bit stressed and I'd be like, start craving something, you know, and then I didn't do it. And I was like, oh, and then it went away, right? So I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, when I'm stressed, my body starts craving certain foods. It wasn't actually that I was hungry. It's just that I was craving, you know, and so doing that for 24 hours was just a really interesting sort of uh, mindset change for me around the fact that, A, my body dealt fine without having food for 24 hours. It was just not a problem at all. Uh, and, B, that actually when I thought I was hungry and starving and if I didn't eat, something bad was going to happen, that actually if I didn't do it, nothing bad happened, right? Yeah. And so that kind of changed my thinking around it. And so you know, not long after that, probably maybe a year or so after that, I probably started changing the way I was eating and started doing – probably what was more the kind of 16-8 concept. Um, I didn't even do it deliberately, really. It was kind of when I went paleo, I just found that I wasn't as hungry as often. You know, getting more particularly healthy fats in the diet have such a higher satiety, uh, and they tend to fill you up for a lot longer. They're, they're much more slower-burning fuel. And so I was just finding that I'd get up in the morning, and I was a bit busy, and I didn't get a chance to make breakfast, so I just wouldn't worry about it. And so for years there, I would just get up in the morning. I would often not eat breakfast. Uh, I would often have my first meal, sometimes at 10 o'clock in the morning, I'd go have a little bit of a morning tea. Sometimes I'd wait until lunch or even after lunch, maybe two o'clock in the afternoon. Other times I'd just go right through to dinner. And so that was, and I found that worked really well for me. I felt great doing that. The one caveat I'll put on that is I always made sure that within that eight hour window that I was eating, I was eating really high quality nutrient dense food. And I reckon that's really important. I think a lot of people do this 18-6 thing or sorry, uh, what is it, 16-8 thing, yeah. and during the eight hours, the food they eat is actually quite nutrient poor, and I think they're developing a lot of deficiencies, but they don't, you know, they're not putting on weight because they're only eating with that window. They think, great, this is making me healthier, I feel good, but actually long-term, I reckon that has ramification for their body because they're nutrient deficient. So, well, I was eating good point. It's a, it's a great point, Brad, because I want to go back to something you just said. You go. said, um, I did that, and sometimes I wouldn't eat until the evening, and I felt great doing it, right? So, how does somebody know then whether or not what they're doing is actually good for them? Because this is, I think, the ultimate question. So is what you're doing good for you? Because if it makes you feel good, surely you're going to want to keep on doing it. And so people are only doing what it is that they like because it makes them feel good, right? So yeah. you said you were not you were skipping meals all the way through to the end of the day sometimes, um, and you yep. felt good. So you did it. But I know from a biochemical perspective and from a food nutrition perspective, just from the things I've learned, which could in fact be, let's just be honest here, could be totally wrong because what you learn may not be true. Um, so what I've learned um, is that if you skip food for that long period of time, you then start to run on hormones, right? So if you're running on hormones like adrenaline, you might be providing nutrient-rich foods at the time when you're snacking or when you're actually refueling yourself. But because you've been in a state of 
um, calorie depletion, um, the long-term consequence of that fasting or fasting state um, causes uh, hormonal shifts. And of course, that will affect metabolism down the track. So at the time when you're 20-something years old or early 30s like you are, that becomes... Um, it's not less. It's not as problematic as say it would be for someone who's forty-five or fifty or sixty, um, where hormones, um, you know, tend to have a more significant impact on their longevity and their their day-to-day well-being. Does that? And make so, sense? yeah, yeah. But see, my take on that is, I think that's true when you first start doing it. You know, if, if you're not very well fat adapted and you're not very good at burning your stored fat, then I think that's true. Uh, but my, what happened, I found, was that as I adapted to that and as my body became much more efficient at burning my stored fat, which I had plenty of it, uh, then that was – my body was actually still – was not deficient in calories. Like my body had plenty of energy to get me through the day. I wasn't having any issues with my hormones or my stress levels even though I was at a very high stress point in my life. I was actually less stressed and, and feeling better uh, in, the, in that respect when I was doing it. And I, I think it was because – my body actually had plenty of fuel because I was so much better adapted at burning that fat that I wasn't having the spikes and crashes that I find often come with eating more regularly, particularly eating more regularly in a sort of with more carbohydrates in the diet. And so I find when I add more carbohydrates in my diet, that that's when I feel like I get that up and down stress, adrenal fatigue starts to kick in as well. So interesting, Damo. Interesting. Different perspectives. I like it. You know, and, yeah, me too. I love it. And I think this um, highlights, and certainly to our listeners out there, this really highlights that much of nutrition information is still based on theory. And yes, we get little snippets of um, science that kind of helps us understand what's actually going on. But, you know, what Brett, what might happen, you know, for Brett may not happen for Steph, and what happens for Damo may not happen for Amber. So there's there's different responses um by the body in different environments under different circumstances based on different um, life stuff that's going on or has gone on or is going to go on in the future. So it's I think it's a, a, a thing that we've got to continue to investigate and to kind of understand. Fasting, yes, it has an effect on the body. Am I for it? Yeah, I think it's a good thing. The people that eat the least leave the longest. Um, is there a benefit of the microbiome? Yes. Is the microbiome important? Is it everything? No. Um, we know that the nervous system governs the function of everything, except for probably the behavior of the bacteria. But the but we might find that maybe the bacteria govern the function of the nervous system at some point. Who knows, mate? So mm-hmm. there's so much to learn and there's so much to understand. But with our current thinking right now, um, the jury is probably still out as to what oh, is the definitely. best eating program for every single person on the planet. Definitely. Well, I've got two more experiments to talk to you about, Damo, because I did I did go on from there. So just recently, within the last month or two, I did a four-day fast. So nothing but water. I think I had a little bit of tea uh, for four days. That was really interesting. All right. So, so I set myself up. I made sure that the day that I was going to have the fourth day was going to be a day that I wasn't in practice and I was just working from home because I was a bit worried how I was going to go. And it was so fascinating. So I didn't eat anything but tea and water for four days. And I felt so boringly normal. Like, you know, some people do these fasts and they're like, I felt euphoric. I felt amazing. I felt, you know, whatever. And other people are like, oh, my God, I crashed. I was hurting. I couldn't cope. My brain wasn't functioning. I had neither of those things. It was like absolutely normal. So on day three, the morning of day three, I got up at 5.30 in the morning, went to a 6 a.m. CrossFit class, did like a full-on CrossFit class what was that, 72 hours um, fasted? Longer than that, I think. 
and uh, wow. and fine. Pulled up absolutely fine. Didn't feel lightheaded, dizzy, nauseous, sick, anything. I just felt exactly like I do every other CrossFit workout I do, which is kind of knackered at the end, but you know, kind of good. You know, glad I made it through. I survived, and um, and so I did that, and that was so interesting, Damo. Like just. It just flips your whole concept of like, you know, when you're like, I'm starving, I need food. You're like, actually, my body functions perfectly fine for four days without food. Like, how, how fascinating is that? Like, what an interesting body we have. So, anyway. Well, there's been, that's been said, isn't it? You can go for 30 days without food easily, um, but probably only a day or so or maybe two days without water. So, yeah. it's, uh, there's, def- there's definitely some value in not having to be reliant on calories and, and fuels. Um, and that's, that's a great experiment, Brodo. So interesting. It, it Honestly, it makes me want to go longer because I was just like – it was so boring. I was like – I feel like I need to do a longer one to see what happens because – but then I spoke to Marcus. Marcus said he did a five-day one and had the exact same experience. So – what people may or may not remember about Marcus's fast, I don't know if you remember this, is he urinated, he collected all of his urine over the last over that five day period. Do you, do did you remember he? that? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> what did he do with it? Well, please tell me he didn't drink it. No, but he 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 retained it, and his fascination with it was that he wanted to see the change in the color of the urine over time. We should get him on and have a chat about it. We'll, we'll have to get the photo and post it on our social media because that sounds fascinating. Well, then what so, he did is he kept that urine in his pantry. No. <laughs> <laughs> right next to his coconut oil with his fingers dipped in it. Yes. Yes. He kept the urine in the pantry. So, Why? Why? I don't, I don't know. But Piercy, our great mate, kept his wee in bottles that you can see, or? so you can see it. Like you can see the steam and the condensation on, and all that sort of there? stuff. It's, it's, I don't know if he still got it in his pantry, but he kept it there for a period of time. He may even still have it there, but it was at the back of the pantry. And and I remember him telling me that Sarah had had a few conversations with him about it. And um, but it, you know that was fascinating. But he hopefully, did do a long. Hopefully, never been mistaken for apple cider vinegar and just you know. <laughs> horrendous, horrendous. But, you know, I don't think we need to go to those extremes. But it is interesting that people are, are wanting to fast and trying to understand what it does to their body. And I think it's a great thing to go through and, to, you know, to try and for size. And, you know, as Bredo and I have said today, there's many different ways in which you could fast. Simple as 5-2, you know, make it more complicated if you like it, you know, 6-8. Or you can do something that's even more challenging for the body and, you know, do water only for a number of days. Um, and, and, of course, that will have an effect on the body. Um, the degree to which that has an effect on the body long term, I think, is still being investigated. Um, I yeah. do know someone who went breatharian and lasted 11 days. I think all he did was just um, lived on air. Um and then he had to pull out because I think he was getting quite sick. But um, that was interesting. Wow. That's the ultimate fast, I suppose. That's starvation. No water. So he lasted 11 days without water? Uh, he basically sipped water to wet his mouth. But uh, that's hugely challenging. It was in the middle of summer too, so it was not good. He was a physiotherapist that used to work around the corner from me. And, you know, it's very. I don't know if he's gone on to do anything else that was, you know, spiritually um, challenging like that. But, uh, yeah, needless to say, I was glad it was him, not me, that was doing that. <laughs> well, my latest one, Damo, and what I'm doing at the moment is I'm doing a 24-hour fast once a week. So 
basically what that means is on once again on Fridays, which is my day when I'm sort of working from home, working in the office, working on the wellness couch and all that sort of stuff, is that I have dinner Thursday night and then I don't I just have tea and water through till dinner on Friday night. And so that's kind of my current experiment. And it really is an experiment, you're right. Like I have yeah. no idea. I don't know whether it's good for me or not. I'm curious about it. I've read enough stuff to suggest that it might be good for me. Um, there's probably enough stuff out there to suggest that it might not be good for me. Uh, but, you know, the, the classic example was doing CrossFit 72 hours faster. Like I was pretty convinced that that was going to be crap, like that was going to be a really bad idea and that I was going to feel rubbish afterwards. Um, but I just wanted to – I kind of wanted to prove it. Like I, I was almost doing it just so I could say to people, hey, doing CrossFit after 72 hours is a really bad idea, right? And then I did it and it was fine. I was like, wow. That's fascinating. So my current one, though, I, I do feel pretty good about. Like it just seems to work for me. So I have that 24-hour period once a week. Everything has a little bit of a rest. I feel like I just, you know, maybe I do detoxify a little bit. I don't feel like I've got heaps that I need to detoxify because I try not to toxify. So I don't feel like I need to detoxify too much. Um, but I do feel like just that, you know, getting into a little bit of ketosis maybe, just going a little bit lower carb for a day, you know, letting burning off some of those fat stores in the body just feels like a good thing and, and my body is is feeling good about it i reckon my body's looking good about it it's it's just working for me at the moment so that's what i'm doing at the moment and uh, we might have to check in on me in a month or two damo and, and i'll let you know how it's going i like it i like the idea that it's moderators it's it, it is in moderation um again i'd love to come back to the question and maybe we should drill down on this and and ask the question why why are you doing this? And I know that you're saying it's about better function, but then how do you measure that? Because all you're all you're talking about is how you're feeling. So we should. Well, for me, for me, it comes down to, as much as anything. For me, it comes down to philosophy, as always. And so, my thinking around it is that I reckon we are so food is so available in our society, so available, absolutely everywhere you go, every second of the day, you can have your choice of like a million different foods. And I'm not sure that that's the natural state for our body. You know, I reckon a little bit of fasting is probably more natural. You know, there were probably days where we didn't hunt. You know, if you were, uh, you know, I'm reading Clan of the Cave Bear to the kids at the moment, Damon. That's our bedtime story. No, nice. And, you know, they live in these little caves and they get frozen in pretty much for the whole winter, you know. Mm -hmm. And so if there are days where they're frozen in and it's snowing, blizzard outside, they probably don't eat very much. Mm. You know, I reckon that's quite natural. So, Mine is much more around – it's probably much more philosophical than it is scientific and it's probably much more philosophical than it is based on how I feel. Mm. It's just that I reckon that makes sense to me that that would be good for my body mm. and so I'm giving it a go. Mm. Okay. Well, well, it's interesting. It's a, such an interesting perspective and, and I, I really uh, – one of the things that I pride myself on is um, is acknowledging everyone's perspective and I like it. So – Good for you, mate. Um, I want to see how it all goes, and uh, yeah. let's check in and see how it's let's, going in you know, cycle back. a period. In a period. There we do. Let's do it. Well, good one, Damon. Good chat today. I yeah, loved it. Totally. Yeah, me too. I love it, Brett. I love our little chats. They're really good. Hey, I've got to share something with you, um, and maybe what we'll do is we'll share I don't want to hear it. about the Tigers again. No, it's not with the Tigers, but oh. I'm gonna, I want to share it. It's big news. It's big news. In fact, I will share it in our little pre-release, our little pre-record. I'll do that. It's going to be a little bit roundabout. Because I'm telling people I'm going to share it. So what you're saying it. is you've already shared it. I've already shared it. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Maybe I'll cut this little bit out. <laughs> I'll leave it. All right, mate. Like it's, it. it's a great chat. Great chat. Thanks for the chat today, Brett. Thanks, mate. See ya. 
Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of The Wellness Guy Show. We hope you love the new feel. Remember to continue to interact with us and tell us what you thought of this and other episodes. Please head to facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Guys and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. This is the way that we get to share our message with the world. For more information about Bredo and all that he's up to, please head to drbredhill.com.au. And to find out more about me, head to damienchristoff.com. Until we meet again, continue to bring wellness into your life and we'll join you next time on The Wellness Guy Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.